This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop 1 in 5 pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Coming up on September 13th, we are sharing our strategies to create your revenue building holiday promotions during the busiest and most profitable time of the year for product-based businesses. We're going to help you set your revenue goals, build and schedule your promotions, and prepare for a profitable holiday season so you can skyrocket your sales. All right. So if you want to create holiday promotions that grab your customer's attention and start to snowball your sales, we have an extra special free five-day live training coming to you September 13th to the 17th. Videos get delivered straight to your inbox and it's absolutely free. Head to rockyourholidaypromotions.com or click on the link in the show notes. You'll get all that information when you get signed up. So see you soon. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my brilliant co-host, Mina Kunlositep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. All right. Well, we're pulling together Mina's master's in business here in this episode where she is going to share some knowledge on this incredible, you know, it's this concept that exists across categories, across businesses, across, you know, really, I think we can say that this applies to everything and it's the 80-20 rule. But we're going to talk about the 80-20 rule and how you can use this in your product-based business. So Mina, starting out, what is the 80-20 rule? So I'm not sure if this actually comes from my MBA, but it's definitely a concept that if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or anybody that's dipped their toe into thinking about the economy or anything like that, you know the 80-20 rule because of it it's been everywhere, right? It can be applied in everything essentially. And so it's basically under known as the Pareto's principle. So the Pareto's, Pareto's principle is that 80% of something comes from 20% of something. And it happens throughout. There's a whole entire book that he wrote about, I don't actually know if it was him, but he was the economist behind it, that realized that everything was linked together in that sort of way. So for example, 
80% of money that was made in, in the economy was from 20% of big business, for example, or 80% of policy was controlled by 20% of, you know, whoever leaders in the, in the, you know, known world. So basically you can apply it towards everything. So the concept when you're thinking about it for business is that 80% of something comes from 20% of something. 80% of complaints come from 20% of your customers. 80% of revenue comes from 20% of your products. That's what we're talking about, right? 80% of your goal comes from 20% of your efforts. So really thinking about that, I think that people love the 80-20 rule because it's easy for them to wrap their minds around, right? They're like, okay, I just need to get down to that really, really good 20% that will give me 80% of what I need to come up with. And that makes it really easy, right? If you're making 20% of products that become 80% of your revenue, then it's like, oh, now I understand why people cut products, for example, or people don't talk about all these products because essentially you just need to make up that 80% and you'll be good. Mm -hmm. And it'll be easier than trying to do 100% of all these things in all these different places. You're only doing 20% and that gives you 80% of what you need. Yeah. So thinking about that, it's 20% of your efforts will give you 80% of your results, right? So what this rule does and how it helps you is it really helps you focus on what's the most important thing that needs focus on in your business, right? It helps you prioritize. Mm -hmm. It helps you prioritize your tasks. It helps you prioritize your products. Because if you look to your business and you think, okay, 20% of what I do is resulting in 80 or 80%. So let's say 20% of my products is resulting in 80% of my revenue. Wouldn't that feel good to say? Because right now I think a lot of people are like, well, I have to do a hundred hundred percent of products equal a hundred percent of my revenue, right? You're like, if I do all of these different things, that's how I'm going to make my goal. When in fact, I think the scarier part for people is honing in, getting really focused, niching down to 20% of the product category, product lineup, you know, of the efforts you're putting into your business and realizing that your results could be 80% of your revenue, which is huge. Yeah. And even when you're thinking about it, like even in the, uh, when we're talking about podcasting, well, if you look at all of our episodes, 20% of the downloads probably, or 80% of the downloads probably come from 20% of the topics that we talk about, like the core topics that we talk about probably result in 80% of our listeners, mm-hmm. you know? So, so when you're thinking about, and I like to think of it as like, even in your investment and in time and energy and everything, they go in and then you want them to re- create 80% of the result because then it's just like, oh, okay, now that is a real return on investment of my time, money, and energy because I'm getting back 80% where I'm only putting in 20% because I've really nailed down how to do something really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll also see this when you're looking at like customers, for example, right? Sometimes we'll get complaints, like, you know, I'll get customer complaints or, you know, negative testimonials and stuff like that. And you might think that like, you know, that it's everybody, but really it's not, you know, there's going to mm-hmm. be, there's going to be, I would say it's like even less than 20%. I feel like, yeah, at least try to keep it under 20. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then it, it's the, it's the flip of that too. Right. So it's like, who is 80% of who's my, the loudest, yeah, oh, or, or like, say, who's the loudest gets hurt <laughs> or 80% of my customers are happy. Right. 
So, mm-hmm. so you can kind of flip that around, but let's dig into some like real world examples of the 80, 20 rule and how we've seen this help product businesses, business owners scale. Right. And so what we've seen is, is when you figure out your bestseller, right. When you figure out your bestseller and you focus and we, we help our students with us all the time, you know, we talk about it in our free challenges in our free workshops. We really lean into this when you work with us in multi-stream machine is that when you know what your best sellers are, right? Your business has the ability to grow and scale without making more products and without spending more time. Because if mm-hmm. your efforts are going into, you know, 20% of your products, but it's yielding 80% of your revenue, then, then you don't have to do all the things you can really get clear and focused. So I'd love to share my experience with this 80, 20 rule. Um, so my first product business, which was Cuffs Couture, it's a wearable wrist wallet. I no longer have it, but, um, it's a wearable wrist wallet that I had initially made it for, um, going out at night where you didn't have to take a purse and I'd go dancing and clubbing, you know, like young Jacqueline in Hollywood, Um, (laughs) Jacqueline, (laughs) living my best life out there. Imagine that show younger. Do you watch that show? No. Okay. Well, it's a fun show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, like just fun times all around, but, um, so I didn't want to take my purse and that's when I created cuffs couture, which is like, I could put my ID, my credit card, my key and this like wrist wallet on my wrist and go out and it would match my outfit. So what I realized was when I would get the orders in, okay, I was selling direct to customer. I was selling wholesale and I also was getting a ton of press for the products do you know what everybody went to? They went to the Celeste cuff. It was one of my cheaper products, but I had a really good margin on it. It was because it, it was a basic basically in the, in mm-hmm. the categories. I had a really good margin. I sold the most of those. The fabric was easy to get and accessible. And so basically for every hundred thousand dollars of like re- revenue that I made, 80% of that came from the Celeste cuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so 20% of my products, which was Celeste, I had it in three different color variations. That was the thing that kept selling. Celebrities wore it, you know, all, every single retailer that bought from me bought that cuff and also selling online. So if you think about that, right? Like I, you know, did I apply this principle fully to my business? No, I made fancier ones. Eventually I did necklaces and headbands, but that's as my business grew and expanded and there was need in the market for it. But I could look at that and say, if everything went away or if I didn't want to do anything else, if I leaned in deep to the Celeste cuff, which I did, which is why I had three color variations on it, I would actually continue to generate revenue based on focusing down on 20% of my products, which was the Celeste cup and some of the other basics that I sold. Yeah, for sure. I think a similar concept can be applied for low labels, though I don't have a lot of SKUs. I have a lot of SKU variations, right? And I'm going to take you kind of in my way of thinking for low labels because I have clothing labels and I have baby bottle labels. I'm just going to call them baby bottle labels. They're essentially seal and stick labels. You can use them on a whole bunch of stuff. They're dishwasher safe. And those are by far my favorite products. I really, if I could cut clothing labels, I would cut them tomorrow. I just don't because we do get a lot of sales from them. But um, so I really love the revenue that's made on the baby bottle labels. They're easy to make. Our relationship with the manufacturer is so good. Um, They're easy to put together the finishings and everything. And people understand it really well and they get the least amount of bad reviews, you know? So we're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of labels here. So 
the baby bottle labels is what I focus on because I want them to make up 80% of my revenue, right? So right now it's probably more like, I would say like 60, 40, 60% being, you know, baby bottle labels, 40% being clothing labels, but our margins are better with baby bottle labels. Our efforts are easier with baby bottle labels and I like them better. I talk about them more excitedly. I, you know, I feel like it's very um, easy to use as far as like, it feels very unique in that you can write on them and then you can seal them. Whereas the other ones, you know, people are like, oh, you know, they came off in the wash. Well, I don't control what washer and dryer you have, you know? So there's just a little bit more, you know, outside variants that I can't control. And so I really, really push them whenever I'm focusing on them. For example, when I'm on Amazon, I put those as the preference of where I try to guide my customer. So if it's ad money, I push it towards baby bottle labels. If it's wholesalers like subscription boxes or Zulily or any of those deals, I actually only allow baby bottle labels. I actually do no clothing labels. So see how I'm steering the boat here in order to get to that 80%? Because ideally, I would love it to be 80% of my revenue from um, the baby bottle labels, which is 20%. Of my, actually, it's fifty percent, but you get the idea. It's just because I have very few SKUs. But, but we I probably want... broke it down and thought. I think Animal Friends is your most popular. It is, but now it's starting to go to um, simply colors. For example, it just but let's just on say like it was Animal you know? Friends, right? So yeah. that that could get you to that twenty percent because it's the variation. It's like Animal right. Friends baby bottle labels versus all the other variations you have. Right, there. and it's twenty percent of your product. So essentially, if I get all five of that twenty percent you know, let's say it's five baby bottle label variations as the 20%, then I'm good. Mm -hmm. And I've made the bulk of my money through baby bottle labels, which makes me very, very happy because I'd rather sell those than the clothing labels. Um, I'd rather be known for that. And that's just a preference thing. I'm sure there's people out there that would love to be known for clothing labels, you know? And so really you're thinking about, okay, how do you want to make your money? What do you like your life to look like? And what do you really want to focus on? Because you can make it what you want it to be as long as you have the customer base in order to do it. Right. But when you choose what you want to focus on, and this is what we've worked on in our workshops and our challenges, this is something that when our students come to us, they've really, we flush out with them or they've flushed it out by being, you know, in one of our free, you know, workshops or challenges, but it's that bestseller principle. And you'll hear us talk about it all the time because we truly believe in it. Hey, Mina, quick question. How many times have you heard stories from product bosses that waited until the week before Black Friday to even think about their holiday promotion plans? More times than I can even count. Okay, well, not this year. Successful product bosses know that the key to seeing a snowball of sales throughout the holiday is preparing their promotions now. And that's exactly what we're going to do together during our five-day challenge, which kicks off September 13th. Have you ever wondered if a free training is really worth it? We're not judging here, I swear. We know that there's so much information out there that it's hard to tell what's actually going to move the needle in your business. But here's the thing. The Rock Your Holiday Promotions Challenge is 100% worth your time and energy because it actually creates results in your business. And that's not just us humble bragging. It's proof from our previous challenge participants who have shown up gone through the action items and have seen some big payoffs, literally, like Ashley of Ever After Baby. Ashley said planning ahead for the holidays for Rock Your Holiday Promotions 
has helped change how I plan promotions all year long. Right? Wow. When she first joined the Rock Your Holidays Challenge, she felt like she never knew how to go about setting up her promotions for the holiday season. So she attended the challenge, went through each day's training, and implemented the action steps. Not only did she have her promotions organized by the end of the challenge, she actually tripled her sales from the previous holiday season using what she learned inside the challenge. She then went on to join Multistream Machine, got her bestsellers onto Amazon, and grew her revenue even more while growing her Facebook following 10 times and her email list by four times. Wow. Okay, so you must be thinking, what does this have to do with you, friend? Well, it's just a preview of what you could do in just five days when you participate in the Rock Your Holiday Promotions Challenge. Okay, so we start on Monday, September 13th. It is totally free. You can go sign up at rockyourholidaypromotions.com or just click the link in the show notes and we will see you inside. So I think what happens a lot of times we see product bosses out there, the thing that kind of causes them to fail or not succeed as well as they could is again, like the idea of throwing spaghetti at the wall, making Mm -hmm. all the things, spending all their money and resources and, and taking their focus and spreading it across a bunch of stuff, right? How do you grow if you're trying to focus on all of these different things versus if you could really identify your bestseller you lean into your bestseller. You understand, okay, because maybe you're not there yet. Maybe the 80-20 isn't there just yet because you haven't been focused. But let's say you do get focused and you're like, this is my bestseller. I sell it all the time. I can do variations of it. I lean in and I focus on this. And this is my, I keep trying to use this analogy and I feel like it's off, but like, you know, like the horse you take to the races, like it's your, or like in a real, I don't know. It's the one that leads. It's your leading product. Going to the Olympics now in my brain. Like, you know, you're doing the relay. I watched the swim relay and it's the one who kicks you off, right? It's like that first person, but it's basically your lead product that you get to focus on, right? You get to put your efforts into it, your marketing efforts, your sales efforts, fixing the systems around it. And then that's the thing that effort is going to yield, you know, 80% of the results. You're going to get so much back, so much more back by leaning into a bestseller versus kind of spreading it, spreading all of your efforts around in all these different places. Yeah. I think we're trying to get too technical here because usually (laughs) we just consider it the Beyonce or the Justin Timberlake of our products. I mean, we should have just started with pop culture and then we would have been good to go with our explanation. Right. And so it's the lead, it's like the lead singer. It's the one that stands out from the crowd um, of your other collections. It's the the one that with the it factor. So a lot of times people gravitate towards certain things and you don't know what that is. You know, people probably, you know, wondered why people chose Justin Timberlake over JC, uh, JC, Chazé. Chazé, you know, <laughs> so, you know, there is like something that happens when people are like, oh, I get it. It's easy for me to understand. I want it. I understand how to use it. I see it in my life that um, it makes it really easy for you to identify, oh, that's the one with the it factor. Now that doesn't always happen, right? You sometimes you have to play around with a lot of things until you figure out what your bestseller is and you figure out what the people want. And that's what it takes is showing up a lot and figuring out what the people want. What is the product with the it factor, you know? And sometimes the it factor, it doesn't have to be grand or anything. You know, I know that when we say Justin Timberlake or Beyonce, they have star power to them. But a lot of times what I've seen with products at scale, it's the brand behind it that becomes the star power. 
So for instance, we always give the example of Anna Yearly Co. She sells bangles, handmade bangles. I've seen thousands of people sell bangles, you know, incredible amount of people, but she does it in her own way. She is the story behind it. She is the person that speaks around the product. She has, you know, her own way of doing it. So it's not exactly the product that has the star factor. It's all of it put together. Mm -hmm. I'll give an example of when Mina and I were together um, in California and we went to like a a weekend market of product-based businesses. And listen, we Mm -hmm. try not to, we don't coach when we walk around and be like, oh, (laughs) Yeah. Anything we just try to follow them on Instagram. Yeah. But there was a business there that we both of us reached towards very similar things. So it was like a bath bomb company. And they had all these crates. Do you remember this company? Mm -hmm. They had all these pencils. Yeah. They had all these different crates full of different types of bath bombs. And okay, so this is, we're just going to go to straight up a a business that was niche. They're like, we're going to do bath bombs. And but you go to the bath bombs and then there's like regular round bath bombs that are pretty colors. Then there's like hearts and swans and animal shapes. And then the thing that Mina and I gravitated to, the thing that both of us independently without ever saying anything to each other, but both walked up to and touch and it was in the front of their booth was there was a pizza shaped bath bomb and a video game controller bath bomb. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that were like, oh, these are cool. Like all the other stuff we've seen, right? There's other versions mm-hmm. of these things out there, like the shapes, the colors, all of that. But those two things we leaned into and we're like, do you remember any of the other ones that we saw there that were kind of uh, cool? Those um, two really stood out. Yeah. Um, especially since my daughter's into gaming and and so is um, my Oliver, son. Jacqueline's son. And then it felt very like it could be put together for like that age, maybe teen, preteen, or even college age, right? It felt like it had could have the beginnings of a brand, mm-hmm. right? Things for a college age student that you could gift, for example, when they're graduating or, you know, to high school to the, that age, or it felt like special, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I totally remember. The pizza was super chunky looking, like it was it like a thick, thick. piece of... Yeah, a pizza. Yeah. You know, and even if it wasn't that, if it was like pop culture related type products. Mm-hmm. So with that right. brand, if they were students and we were working with them, we would probably look at all of their bath bombs because that's an individual product, right? They've done a great job not getting into candles and incense and, you know, mm-hmm. all the other things, but they're like, we're going to be a bath bomb company. Amazing. But what they were doing is they were cross category. So they were like attracting a whole bunch of different customers that's the thing. They cast that wide net and they're like, well, anybody that ever needs a bath bomb, come up to our booth and buy something, right? You could walk. And it's true. Anybody that needs a bath bomb could walk up. But what happens? The customer gets confused and a confused customer doesn't buy. So the second thing I would say to them, if we were working with them, we'd look at that and we would say, because this is independently, we were both attracted to this product. Who knows if it actually is their bestseller? But we would say, what bath bombs do you constantly sell? Do people, especially because they're in person, what do people go up and touch the most? What do they lean into? What do they ask you about the most? Like we would ask them from their feedback of paying attention to customers. We'd also say, what do you sell the most? Great. Then probably if Mina and I were coaching them, we would actually then look at that as a theme. So let's just say they did say, you know, these remote control things do really well. And what's your second one? Oh, the pizza. Great we would probably start to lean them into saying, okay, this customer likes pop culture or likes like... um, YouTube videos, probably like gamers on YouTube. Yeah, maybe they're the Um, college kid. Maybe it's more boy oriented or not even boy, but just like funny, sticky, like mm -hmm. gifts that people might give each other, right? 
Somebody yeah, who has like fun sure. and humor to them, I feel like. Yeah. 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 It's like people who you watch on YouTube that do like parody videos of, uh, or gaming behind the scene ones or they're very chill. Yeah. You know? Like someone who has a beanbag in, in a basement and plays it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, our, you know, but more of like, I think you're all getting what we're saying. And so we would look at that and we'd be like, okay, this is who you're attracting. So that means that, you know, 80% of your revenue is, could come from 20% of these, the product or the product category. And then we might then coach them and say, okay, what else could you make that's within this realm that kind of could attract that same customer? We don't, someone else is going to sell the, you know, grandma's, their rose, their rose scented, like normal bath bombs. Someone else is mm-hmm. going to sell the other kids, like the unicorn bath bombs. You're going to do the pizza and remote controls and whatever else you're going to think of. And then, and then be known for that. Then all of their marketing efforts, you walk up. And then when you walk up to the booth, if they had kind of done, if let's say they they scaled this part of the business, you'd be like, oh, this is cool. I know this company. Yeah. Like I can always come here for fun, sticky, sticky. I keep trying to use this word, gifts. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And you would know, you would you'd be like, yes, I belong here or no, I don't belong here. And that's exactly what we're going to do. You want to attract the right customers and you want to repel people that are not your customer. Yeah, for sure. Because just think about like, we couldn't even remember the other things they sold. Right. You're right. But we so, both knew this. Yeah, but we both knew this. So it's just a matter of like, even if your customer is coming and they're confused, they won't buy like what Jacqueline said. They might buy. Let's just pretend they do buy. They'll never remember you again. You just were not memorable enough in order for you to be known for something for you to be referable. So with Jacqueline and I trying to dig in our memory vaults of what else they sold and anything like that, they were very unforgettable or very forgettable to us because they weren't known for anything. So it just makes it hard to grow a brand or a story or a product or anything without any focus. You need to have a certain amount of focus in order to connect with your customer and connect the dots for them in their head that like, this is why I'm here. This is why I continue to follow these people. And this is why I keep referring them because they're known for this. It's really easy for me to understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to scroll back and try and find them. And if you're listening, <laughs> if you remember meeting us and you're out there and you're listening, this is not a critique and just DM us and we will go through this <laughs> with you um, because you kind of turned into a case study in this podcast episode. But we just kind of want to give you that example. So I'd love for you to think through your business and think, because even if you are singular product focused, like Mina sells labels right? Mm -hmm. She sells labels, whether they're baby bottle labels or clothing labels, she sells them. Now she could create like all sorts of graphic components on each label. She could do really modern ones. She could do ones that are like whimsical. She could do playful colors. She can do all that. What she sees though in her customers that they like color and they like Mm -hmm. playful, right? You don't have anything that are like uber neutral or anything. I don't. We do have one that is like a transportation one that um, is more baby. Like if you look at it, it it feels more baby. It's not as universal as far as like age, you know, like there's like fire trucks. But it's colorful um, though, right? It's a little bit muted compared Mm -hmm. to the other ones, you know. But I would say that um, even though I don't have a lot of core products, so I have my baby bottle labels and then I have clothing labels. I have lots of variations. I have the camp pack. I have the daycare pack. I have the school pack. I have, you know, all these different things that are their own skew. So I could figure out which ones, if I wanted to lead them, I could. So for example, your best sellers will continue to change seasonally. 
So for example, my camp pack is much more popular in the camp days than it is in the winter time, you know? So really being attuned to, okay, what am I focusing on and what am I focusing on right now? Mm-hmm. And that's great to take into this holiday season. And that's why we've been doing the Product Boss's Guide to Getting Holiday Ready and the workshop series, because as we're going to step into Rock Your Holiday Promotions Challenge, which we're doing one time this year, it is you know our most popular challenge. Those of you that are in the workshop series get a special invite into there automatically. But the thing is, is like when you're thinking about your promotions and Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and you're really starting to gear up for the holidays, what do you going to lead with, right? And knowing your Mm -hmm. bestseller, but not only knowing your bestseller, it's your bestseller for the season. Because while you might sell candles, right? And all other months, some other scent does really well during the holiday season. It might be those holiday scents that do well, you know, um, jewelry while like all your other jewelry might do well, you might know like in the holiday season that you sell a lot of necklaces and earrings. And that would be sort of where you focus and what you take forward. So that's why we really wanted to help you try and identify focus understand what your bestseller is, because that's where, especially in this busiest time of year for product-based businesses, right? Your profit, you're going to be busy, but how do we save you time by getting you focused, right? Using this 80-20 rule, save you time and get you focused and get the most profit, get the most results and sales from leaning in and focusing on your bestsellers versus kind of, you know, doing all the things and hoping something works. Yeah, for sure. All right, friends. Thank you for listening today. And if you want to share your bestsellers with us on Instagram, go ahead and send us a DM. We'd love to know what your bestseller is. And um, we cannot wait to see you in the workshop series and or um, in Rocker Holiday Promotions Challenge. And just so everyone knows, we are opening the doors to Multi-Stream Machine in September. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our email list because it is the last time that Multi-Stream Machine will be available in 2021. And you cannot afford mm-hmm. to miss out on this opportunity so you can really you know, grow your business during this holiday time. Yeah, for sure. Make sure you mark your calendars. It's um, Rock Your Holiday Promotions. It's this September 13th through the 17th. It's a really, really big deal because it will lead you into the holiday season. This is kind of like where we're really making you ramp up for the holiday season. And then Multi-Stream Machine opens up during that time too. There was a lot of people that ran through bestseller secrets with us earlier this year, for example. Make sure you go through Rock Your Holiday Promotions with us because like Jacqueline said, it will change. If Even if you've done our challenges, which everybody has done, all of them, I feel like multiple times, you want to go through again because it will change for you in this very exact time. And we'll be able to really harness those 20% of efforts into 80% of your profit. All right, friends, we'll see you there. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. 
We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business, online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop one in five. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.